This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the decisive battles of world history. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal, who's currently in Las Vegas, where he hopes to cover both his wagers and the VIG coming out of his uh, bookie. Uh, how's it looking so far? Uh, you know, what happens? What's the, what's the expression? What's, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm, I'm not a huge gambler. I'm not a good gambler. And I've managed to... Because I'm not a good gambler, I'm at least intelligent enough not to not to not to lose too much money. So let me so ask you this: it, people, there'll, there'll still be some money. There'll still be some money for the grandchildren's college tuition and our retirement and all that. I hope when I by the time I, I'm here for the Republican Jewish Coalition, it's pretty interesting. Some presidential candidates, uh, a lot of uh, activists, donors, uh, and obviously with the Iran deal coming up next week, um, lots to talk about here. And you'll be you you are a part of that fight, and I know there'll be some votes uh, early next week, and we'll have to do a podcast on this on Monday or Tuesday of next week, definitely. Right. But, but since you're in Vegas, uh, I, I have been getting messages from my friends on the left for months now, why are Republicans even trying? Hillary Clinton is a lock to be the next president of the United States. Do you think they started to wonder if they'd put their money on the right number on the board after the last 36 hours, Bill? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I said on uh, ABC this week, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I can't remember, uh, that the very end, Stephanopoulos, George said, uh, okay, so what are the odds that Hillary Clinton won't be the nominee? And I said one and three. So two two and three that she will be the nominee, one and three that she wouldn't be the nominee. And everyone sort of looked at me incredulously and said, boy, that's kind of crazy. And I think the conventional wisdom is one in 10 or one in 20 or one in 50. And I feel like I'm, you know, that was about right. That is, you still got to look at the situation, and she's at sixty percent in the polls, and all the money people are with her, and the po- you know, and, and she looks strong, and then the, some of the first tier candidates don't seem to want to challenge her. But then you look at the at the at how all the baggage she and Bill Clinton have, and more of it coming out, and their ineptness in handling the stories, and you just wonder. I mean, if if anyone had the nerve to run against her, anyone serious, and maybe we're discounting people like O'Malley and Jim Webb too much. Uh, anyway, we can come back to that. But I, I do think she will be vulnerable. I, I think she is vulnerable. And I think there'll be a moment in the campaign, in the primaries, where it actually becomes clear that she's vulnerable. She's not going to win Iowa 72 to 14. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe she'll win it 58 to 30. But whoever gets the 30 is then going to go to New Hampshire as the kind of Gary Hart-like underdog. And I think could really challenge her on the ethics issues. Don't we need a fresh face? She doesn't have all this baggage. I still think the Iraq war is a problem for her in the Democratic primary. The Wall Street connections, it it just lends itself so much to a fresh face, ethical, anti-war, populist type left-wing candidate. But have the people who put all their chips on Hillary did they get a wake-up call themselves? In other words, the diehard, oh, Hillary's a lock. Did they start to have their faith shaken? And I, I say that knowing that 
I'm not trying to say their faith in Hillary as a person. I assume everybody knows that when you get a Clinton, you're getting a Clinton. So I, I, I don't know that they're surprised to discover the corruption. I'm shocked, shocked, but rather that the corruption, do they now start going, oh my gosh, she may be so, she may have so much baggage that there's a real danger here that she can't make this run. You know, I don't know, and obviously what they say privately we won't, will only be manifested in what they say publicly a week or two later. My experience in these things, I think it's yours too, Michael, having been in campaigns and through a few of these cycles is it's sort of you don't see it, you don't see it, it's uniform, it's, it's, she's inevitable, everyone's on board, and then it starts to happen very suddenly if it happens at all. So it's not like you lose 5% a day, you know, a week for 10 weeks. You, you hold steady and then suddenly – you know, there's one, the straw that breaks the camel's back and all that. And you just never quite know when that's happening. I do feel like the last two, three days has been a pretty, pretty momentous. Now, the email stuff was big, the server, the, de- you know, deleting the emails. That was sort of one shoe dropping, if you want to use that metaphor. And in a way, now one sees all this other stuff and then you think, well, gee, I guess maybe we have some idea why she was so concerned to delete all those emails. And in that respect, the sum of those two stories may be more than just uh, the sum of the parts, you know, right. it kind of comes together into a, into a, into a whole uh, story that people can understand. So for uh, voters, the story of uh, I was, um, my, my husband's speaking fees suddenly jumped from 100000 200000 to 750000 Is that the one or is it the, I was helping a guy who was apparently doing business with Iran in violation of the sanctions that it was my job as Secretary of State to enforce? Or is it the, I got money from a guy who helped Russia corner the uranium market, and some of that uranium may end up in an Iranian bomb. I got to say, as far as straws breaking camel's back, Bill, those sound like sequoia-sized straws to me. They do. I, I've always thought that they that they have to be. If it's job-related, it's more powerful. Everyone knows the Clintons are the Clintons. Bill did Bill Clinton profit off his wife being in government? Sure. Did he make more speaking fees? Was a lot of it winks and nods about you know getting in good with the family and therefore getting in good with her. Yes. Now, would any of that really be the straw that uh, breaks the camel's back? Maybe not, though, because it doesn't really implicate her job performance. That's where I think the uh, uranium story, uh, the Russia story, really is so big. I mean, if one has the sense that something happened when she was Secretary of State, that she did something that was connected to money going into her foundation and ultimately into uh, you know, the pockets of her family, frankly, um, that I think becomes a different, that's sort of a different level of problem for her. And do you think that there's any way to make the argument that the Clinton Foundation is separate from Hillary Clinton? Because for me, that doesn't work at all. And particularly given how personalized the foundation is, I mean, you know, there's Bill, there's Chelsea, I mean, it is the family. Can they make the case that, oh, no, 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 those millions went to the foundation. That had nothing to do with me. I don't know. I mean, they can try, but I, that, I agree with you. That seems ridiculous. If Mrs. McDonald, the wife of the governor, former governor of Virginia, had had a Mrs. McDonald foundation and the money that she got, I suppose, went into that, would that have made the case against Governor McDonald less, uh, less um, compelling? I mean, I, I don't know. I doubt it. So I do think, um, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to tell with these things. And there's so many things flying around, and I can't keep track of them, and let alone people who have actual jobs and can't, you know, be reading this stuff all day. So, I mean, I, I don't um, – you never know kind of what your average voter or even your average donor is hearing. I also – I'd say this, though. The media almost never brings down a candidate. Someone else has to bring down a candidate. Mm. And I think that's where a, I've got – you know, I got 
with, along with, I suppose, a million other Americans, an email from Jim Webb yesterday morning saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm running for president, Webb 2016, send money, and we need a fresh face. We need someone who's not ethically challenged. We need someone who's not going to try to buy the nomination, doesn't think she, uh, he or she's entitled to it. Never mentioned, though, Hillary Clinton. The same with O'Malley. Very ginger now. Ginger, they're treating her very gingerly. I think what's the key moment to watch for is does O'Malley or Jim Webb or one of them just come out and say, look, uh, I have, this is not personal, but Hillary Clinton should not be the nominee of this party. There's just too much there ethically, and she's also wrong on issue A, B, or C. And really, in the normal way that a candidate does, challenge the other candidate. That will be a big moment, and then we'll see. Do people rout, does, does that person get a surge of fundraising online? Does five donors suddenly desert Hillary and go to that person? I think that's possible, but it will take Jim Webb or O'Malley or, or obviously Elizabeth Warren, if she gets in, or someone to do it pretty frontally, I think, frontally criticize and attack Hillary Clinton. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that the media won't do it, and you're certainly right about that based on what we've seen, even as relatively tough as the New York Times and uh, uh, Newsweek have been with the facts. The headline at Politico, Hillary Clinton struggles to contain media barrage on foreign cash. Who cares about the media? Hillary Clinton actually did something with foreign cash. She got the foreign cash. But to the media, the, whole, the, the question is, in essence, yes, 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 we know that what she did was openly corrupt. Here's our only question. Will she be able to you know, handle that open corruption in the media? Yeah, and that's why the media attack ever does sort of succeed. You need someone to really make it about the substance of it. And the media wants to write the process story about how's their communications team and ha doing Handling it. I also think these 990 forms they're called, which if you're running a foundation, you, right. you, you, you have to submit to the IRS each year and they're publicly available. That's a big deal. I've been involved in several very small, you know, uh, foundations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got to fill these things out accurately. And sometimes you mistake one thing or, or the, the document isn't quite right and then you correct it. But to leave out millions, maybe tens of millions of dollars of foreign right. contributions, if there were, as if there were none, and send that into the IRS. I mean, that every taxpayer deals with the IRS, and every taxpayer has a sense of the difference between an innocent mistake where you somewhat mistranscribed something from one line to another or got something wrong in terms of what line it was supposed to be on, and massively omitting <laughs> millions of dollars coming into the entity that's filing the papers Wait. with the IRS. Well, see, it was $15 million, but we rounded down. That's all. We just rounded okay. down to the to the zero. Uh, and I, uh, one of the candidates I got I worked with was the Secretary of State of South Carolina, and there was a charities regulator, and we had we saw those non nineties all the time, and it was a big deal. And any misreporting on that, uh, my boss was ready to jump on and and, and straighten it out. And then there's also the and again, this it's not, as, it's not as if the Clinton Foundation didn't have extremely, I suppose, well paid and high priced. You know, lawyers and auditors are presumably helping the file. It's one thing if you're running a small family foundation and you're doing it in the evening on your kitchen table and you forget to report something. This is, you know, a massive hundreds of millions of dollars foundation. So it really is startling. And then you think about the money itself. Uh, the uh, Federalist.com reported today that out of the $500 million collected from 2009 to 2012, only 15% went to programming and the rest went to travel expenses and 60% of it isn't even disclosed it's under quote other expenses close quote so more than half the money they got just they don't even declare it I just wonder if you're a movement liberal bill what are you thinking as you see this one-two punch of just you know kind of big government big Wall Street big you know money corruption and then the kind of uh, back of your hand of the treatment of this money, not even using it for a good cause, but rather having it all end up with the Clintons. 
Well, I mean, the movement liberals, the Democrats have been willing to put up with a lot for the last bunch of years, and conservatives, uh, you have George Bush nominates Harriet Myers, and we object, and we end up getting him to, uh, he ended up, ends up pulling back the nomination uh, for the Supreme Court. I mean, conservatives and Republicans, to their credit, maybe it's not always politically the best thing, do kind of believe in something more than just attaching themselves to one person, and you see the reaction when, they, when you discover stuff about someone you he previously liked in terms of his behavior. Mark Sanford, not everyone rallied to him when he was governor of South Carolina just because he had been a good, you know, uh, budget hawk and, you know, a good congressman and, for all I know, a pretty good governor on, on, on substance. But that's not the way the Democrats have operated, and the Clinton Democrats are the most machine-like, you know, stick-with-us-or-else Democrats. But I, I kind of wonder. I, I do sort of – it's just hard to predict, but i, I got to think there have got to be people getting up in the morning and thinking, oh, my God, are we going to do this for another – what is it now, 16 months or something till Election Day? We're going to have to defend this, and this is – then we're going to have to have four years of this or eight years of this. And you've got – but again, I think it will take someone coming forward. You can't be someone with nothing. Baby Jim Webb, Martin O'Malley, some of Bernie Sanders, some of the ones we're running is enough, are enough – but I think it probably takes someone of, of maybe Webb. I, he was senator from Virginia. I know him a little bit. He's an impressive guy. He's just probably too conservative for the party on some issues. But um, that's where Elizabeth Warren remains kind of the perfect candidate. The other thing uh, one Democrat pointed out to me, a former Democrat, I should say, but someone who's still in touch with people in the party, this trade deal that's uh, coming up in the Senate and in the, con- in the Congress, um, uh, which the administration's for, most Republicans are for, the unions are bitterly against, the progressives are against, the Warrens against. That could be a moment. If you add that kind of policy question to the ethics question, and that's the moment where Elizabeth Warren says, look, it's not just about her. I'm not joining these right-wing jackals who are trying to go after the Clintons all the time. I'm not criticizing her personal behavior. And I think she's probably behaved honorably, though she's made some mistakes. You've got to put that in there. But look, we just as a party can't nominate someone who's not going to attack these terribly corrupt trade deals that benefit Wall Street, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It gives them a nice cover, I think, to break with Hillary on policy as well as on the kind of personal questions. Which is why Hillary hasn't given a clear answer as of late of where she is on the TPP or anything else and it's up to the other candidates to force her hand. I have to force our hand. We are out of time. Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard but we will talk next week as the Iran uh, votes take place and see what happens with the uh, deal in the Senate. Thanks so much. Hey, my pleasure, Michael. Oh, and by the way, always bet on black. Just a little tip. Oh, yeah. I'll call you next week and tell you how that went. (laughs) You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.